It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Well, hello again. This is Dan McConaughey doing the Daily Thunder for this week. Uh, it's Eric's sermon called Americanized. And just to rephrase that a little bit or maybe uh, refresh your memory, that's basically subscribing to the myth of independence, entitlement, self-sufficiency, self-direction, and all the other I'll do it my way jargon. So I've always been intrigued by a gentleman who described an American man as a man who is a self-made man and he worships his creator. And just that thought shows us that it's an issue of idolatry. So as I've studied idolatry quite extensively in the Old Testament, I realized that idolatry basically is when God has said, I will provide for you, I will protect you, and I will give you direction. And when he doesn't do that to our satisfaction, we turn to other sources for what, he thinks, what we think he should be providing for us. And that's called idolatry, those other sources. So the reason that, that the Israelites often turn to idols is because they decided to commit sins, to practice sin. Not just commit a sin, but to practice sin. And they then, God would uh, lift his hand of blessing, his hand of supply, his hand of protection, his hand of direction. He would lift that from them. And they'd get all upset about it, and they would turn to an idol to get that supply, that direction, protection, or provision. And so they became idolaters, and that is the source or the foundation, or maybe I should say the basis for Israel's and our idolatry and sin, that we look to ourselves look to others, look to things, look to philosophies, look to entertainment, look to various things like that to provide for us what God has said only he can provide. The scary thing is that we become like what we worship. And if that's true, then we're in kind of a dangerous situation because the whole basis of God creating us so that we become like what we worship is so that we become like Jesus. And people say, well, how can I become more like Jesus? By worshiping him. Well, how, can I, how can I become more Christ-like? By worshiping him. It's not by doing works. It's not by a new program. It's not by uh, reading this book or hearing this speaker. It's not by any of that. It's by truly According to John, in John 4, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. That's the way that God designed us as human beings to become more like God. 
by worshiping God, we become like him. But when we turn that around and worship something else, that's what we become like. Now, here's some interesting things. In Psalm 115, verse 8, it actually says that we become like what we worship. Also says it in Psalm 135, verse 18. So Psalm 115, verse 8, and Psalm 135, verse 18. says almost identically the same thing, that we become like, that they who worship them become like them. So we look at this. They have no mouths. The idols have no mouths, so they do not speak. That being the case, we have no promises. We have no encouragements from God. We don't have any word from God. As soon as, as soon as we begin to worship an idol and turn to that idol, and that idol becomes the one that we look to for encouragement, we cease to receive encouragement because they have no mouth. They cannot speak. But the scary thing is, is that we become like who we worship. So we in turn have no mouth. That means that we're unable now to repent. We're unable to confess. We're unable to speak to God. We're unable to cry out to him. We're unable to pray. Because now we don't have a means of of, uh, communicating with God because we have chosen to communicate with an idol. And in, in worshiping that idol, we become like him and we lose our mouth. It says, they have eyes but they do not see. So there's no protection because God said, I will guide you with my eye. He says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Peter quoted that promise in his first letter in 1 Peter 3, verse 12. Now, here's the situation. Those verses refer to the concept of God protecting us. We turn and begin to worship an idol, We have no more protection because the one who is able to protect us, God who said, I will protect you with my eyes. I will watch after you. I will look out for you. Now that's gone. But what does it do for us? It makes us so that we can no longer see either. So like in 2 Timothy 3, it says, evil men will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's why Paul prayed in Ephesians, God, may the eyes of their heart be opened up so that they can see. And we know that the prince of this world has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. Well, the reality is that we're wired for worship, and so we do worship. Regardless of what anybody says, we worship. And we either worship God or we worship idols. And again, idols have no eyes. They cannot see. They cannot protect us, and it makes us so that we cannot see what God is doing. We cannot see the direction before us. We can't see where we're going. We can't gain the understanding from the word of God. They have noses, but they cannot smell. And it says, the Lord smelled the the soothing aroma that came from the burnt offerings of the people. Well, now we get over here to our idol. They have no noses. They can't smell. God does. So we're not able to worship God, and we also become like that. We can't savor the presence, the sweet fragrance of the presence of God anymore. 
says that the aroma came from the burnt offerings, and it's a human illustration of divine truth, that God delights to have his people worship and praise him. When Paul received the missionary offering at the church at Philippi, he did not see the material gift. It says that he smelled the sweet-smelling aroma of an acceptable sacrifice that was well-pleasing to God. If Paul had been an idol worshiper, or the Philippians had been idol worshipers, they would not have been able to recognize that. And anything they did would go unnoticed, either by God, because he no longer received it, or by the idols, because they, couldn't, they had no noses. They have hands, but they do not handle. They don't have any power. Jeremiah said, don't be afraid of them. They can't do evil, and they can't do good. They can't do anything. What do you suppose happens to us when we become like what we worship and what we worship can't do anything? They can't do good. They can't do anything. Do you remember Elijah's ridicule of Baal when he exposed the impotence of the false god? Cry aloud, for he is a god. Oh, maybe he's meditating. Or maybe he's busy. Or maybe he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. That's a description of a God, an idol who has no hands. He can't do anything. He can't handle things. He can't perform things. We want God to perform stuff for us. God wants us to work on his behalf, fellow workers and co-laborers with him. We worship an idol. He doesn't work for us, and we don't labor for him. It says, feet they have, but they do not walk. There's no presence of God. Remember, God went with the children of Israel. And the children of Israel followed after God. Isaiah contrasted Jehovah, who carried Israel with Bel and Nebo, who had to be carried... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me say that a little bit differently. Isaiah contrasted Jehovah with the gods Bel and Nebo because he points out here in... um, in Isaiah 46, 1 through 7, that Bel and Nebo had to be carried by their worshipers to wherever they went. That's not a very effective, powerful God when we have to pick him up, pick him up and drag him somewhere so that he'll be there with us. One of the names of our Savior is Emmanuel, God with us. That means that he's able to be present with us. When we choose to worship an idol... We separate ourselves from God. And the idol's not able to do anything either. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. No progress. Idolatry is basically worshiping and serving the creature. Only the creator can transform us to be like himself. The psalmist warns us that Spiritually speaking, those who worship false gods eventually become blind, deaf, dumb, weak, and immobile. If we become like the God we worship, whether that God is material or imaginary, we can never rise above it. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, when he was talking to his disciples about his responsibility, about Jesus' responsibility in being their discipler, he said, you know, guys, A disciple can't be greater than his master. It's enough that he be like him. 
Well, what is Jesus, what's his intent? Romans 8, verse 28 and 29, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. God's intent is that we so worship him in spirit and in truth that we become conformed to the image of the Son so that we bear his witness on earth like we were created to that Adam and Eve forsook and the children of Israel forsook and now to a good degree the church is forsaking because we have Americanized ourselves. We have chosen to look to idols, business, entertainment, athletics, music, um, poor influence of influences of all kinds in all the different areas and, and the whole dynamic of our foolishness pertaining to social media and digital media and so forth, that stuff is not something that causes us to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And it has demonstrated itself because we've become more American than we are Christian. So I want to encourage us, reject being an American. Not being a citizen of America, but being Americanized. One who pursues independence, entitlement, self-sufficiency, self-direction. One who sees himself as able to do whatever he wants. We see that and hear that all the time. Oh, you can, brother, you can be anything you want to. No, you can't. You can be anything God wants you to be. So I want to bless you with these words and encourage you. Don't allow yourself to become a product of your culture. Be a product of the life of Christ in the soul of man. So I bless you guys. I pray for you and I thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.